Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Within the Lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of their resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Wherever you want to listen to your podcast, Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. Anchor's been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, We highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself, we encourage you to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's get back to the pod. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines. Coming at you on Monday, November 2nd, 2020, the day before the United States presidential election. Uh, everyone go out and vote. Just want to say that right now. Very fitting with the movie we're talking about today. Uh, well, we got two movies, Ty. We got first time ever, two movie reviews, one episode. That might not be true. We actually That's four definitely one not episode. true. Um, bad movie review of the month, Avatar. Well, it's just called The Last Airbender, M. Night Shyamalan, live action film. Based on the cartoon Avatar The Last Airbender. Had to watch that. That was Tyler's recommendation. And then also, we're going to re- be reviewing Borat 2. I believe it's called a subsequent movie film? Subsequent movie film. Um, that'll be second. One we're- word. Movie film, one word. <laughs> that'll be second. We're going to start with the bad movie first. Finish the best for last. And uh, if you've seen Borat, you know what it's about. Maybe you don't want to hear us potentially talking about it. I don't think we're going to get too opinionated, but... It definitely does comment on the status of the United States at the moment, so that is going to be tied to it a little bit. So maybe you just listen to Bad Review and you, you check out. But you Laugh at us making fun of M. Night Shyamalan. Um, I don't know. Borat was great. Everyone should watch it, regardless of political opinion. I agree. Let's get into it. Alright, Jay. The last airbender in three D 
We didn't watch in 3D. Hell no, I didn't. Uh, it came out July 6th, July 2nd, 2010. <laughs> That's a long time ago. It is. It is a long Same time ago. Same year as Toy Story 3. Maybe. No, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, the synopsis, uh, this is great uh, English here. Sentence just starts, follows the adventures of Aang, a young successor to a long line of avatars who must master all four elements and stop the Fire Nation from enslaving the Water Tribes and the Earth Kingdom. Yeah. Sure. Close enough, I guess. <laughs> Stars uh, Noah Ringer as Aang, despite the fact that no one called him Aang throughout the movie. It was Ong, <laughs> which is just wrong. <laughs> And some other people. One person looked familiar. Zuko. That guy looked familiar. Is he in other things? Zuko looked familiar for you? Yeah. Dev, Dave, Dev Patel. Um, I feel like I've seen him before. Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> I was about to fucking say. He was in Slumdog Millionaire. Yes. Was he the main guy? I believe he was one of the brothers. He was the main person, I think. Yeah. Wow. What a fall from grace. What I mean, a fucking fall from grace. Yeah, this is a shit movie. Yeah, that's um, him. Commander Zhao is also a very well-known actor. Dude, that's him. How did he go from that to this? I mean, M Night Shyamalan was on a was on a heater making good movies. Maybe he was just like, "Hey, M Night, I'll sign up." Well, I don't think he was on a heater because right before this movie, he had that the happening movie or whatever it was called that was also very. But maybe they movie. thought that was just like a hey little detour from the good path, time to get back, and he just kept going down that detour on the bad path. I know we've talked about M. Night Shyamalan countless times on this podcast. What's didn't he like? Has he made a good movie since? Didn't he split? Wasn't that good? Mm, split was good. Was that him? Yeah, it was. I liked Split. I liked Glass. Signs is good. The Sixth Sense is well, his best recently. No, no, I don't think he has really. Besides that, oh, sh- After Earth, he was a producer on that terrible fucking movie. He wrote the only. He helped write. The story for the only horror movie I've ever seen. Is that the one with the elevator? Yeah, Devil. They're just all stuck in the elevator? Went on a date with uh, Alyssa back in uh, sixth grade. That's the old lady, right? That's the twist. Spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah. But she, like, dies, but it's like, hey, whatever. Yeah. What a lame fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it said it would say, let's see, the film stars Chris Molina, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no. The screenplay by Brian Nelson was from a story by M. Night Shyamalan, whatever the hell that means. I don't know. <laughs> she just told him like a campfire story and they turned it into a movie. <laughs> it's like, I like this. Um, the Last Airbender, though, uh, I turned it on this morning, uh, started watching it about 15 minutes in, was very bored, started working on my uh, DVOA sheet for uh, Within the Line Sports. If you don't listen to Within the Line Sports, you should. Great show. Um, Fantastic. I was definitely multitasking, so I might have missed some key details. I'm not going to lie to you. And I did turn the movie off early. They finished. They, like, beat everyone, and they were all, like, just standing there on the ledge. And I was like, okay, I think I get the point. And I guess they set up a sequel. They did set up a sequel, which is fine because they never made the sequel. <laughs> so I guess it's not necessary. Okay, good. Um, it follows the first season of Avatar The Last Airbender, the cartoon show on Nickelodeon. Yeah. Um, I know you watched some of it. You don't love it as much as maybe me. Yeah, I, was I rewatched just a it recently. fan back in the day. I didn't rewatch it. Um. And it just, it somewhat follows the first season, roughly. Okay. They made some changes to, like, world stuff, where the firebenders can't just make fire. They have to have fire to bend. Yeah. Which is, like, so stupid, because if you're fighting water people, just put all the fires out. They're useless. <laughs> yeah. That's the easiest thing ever. Just throw a little bit of water on it, and you win. Yeah. It's yeah. incredible. 
they're all sitting there like trying to start a fire with like two pieces of stick. <laughs> like, as soon as I get this shit started, you're fucked. <laughs> um, let's get into it. Jay, plot and story. I gave it a three. I also gave it a three because a like I said, I didn't watch the shows that much, but Riley did just rewatch it, so I I would be in here or there, like see certain things, and even I knew that this was just not right. It just felt rushed, and like they found Aang the first like. Uh, or should I say Ong, the first, like, 90 <laughs> seconds of the movie, and then, like, did he instantly, did the village instantly get attacked in the show like that? It was pretty quick. It's the first episode, I want to say, okay. but there's a lot more. It might even be the second episode, Getting though. to know, like, Aang, right? Like, yes, it was just where like... they meet him, and they go to an, it's, what happens is they meet Aang, they get to know him, they kind of fuck around, and you get character building. Yeah. They go to an abandoned Fire, Fire Nation ship, and it sets off a trap alerting the fire nation and then they come yeah they just showed up and then just took aim yes and then it's like we're gonna did they make him do that stupid ass test like controlling a rock with his fucking brain or whatever the hell he was doing i think they do some sort of test to make sure he's the avatar um i don't fucking know man but th- the biggest issue is season one of the cartoon 20 episodes yeah this was jammed into an hour and a half movie 20 episodes about 22 minutes each because commercials that's a lot that's a lot of minutes. That's 400 minutes. That's like six and a half hours, seven hours. We'll say seven. Probably seven hours worth of content. Yeah. That they had to squeeze, squish down into one and a half. Yeah, and we see it, it's a problem all the time. I mean, series of unfortunate events. The movie was terrible. They tried Awful. putting three books into one movie, which is just like you can't do that. And then they came back with the Netflix show where they broke it down. Every book got like three episodes. So it's like every book was like a three hour movie. Yes. Um, and obviously I know they were, they want to do that with the last airbender. Um, but I know the creative, the people who created the last airbender backed out of the project. So see how it ends up. Yeah. I mean, um, we've talked about it before with books. Yeah. Like, you know, it's hard to do that. This is kind of different cause it's cartoon, which has already been put to film, but now it's 20 cartoon episodes. You're jamming into one thing. Yeah, and isn't the last episode of the air, of Avatar, isn't it like an hour and a half anyways? Isn't it like a little mini movie, pretty much? Of season three. Yeah, but I mean like the very, very last episode. The very last episode is, I want to say it's an extended one, yeah. Well, it's I, 21, so I think they did a two-part thing for the end. So it's 20 episodes season one, 20 episodes season two, 21 episodes season three. Either way, it took them, I, I do know it's longer because I remember where I watched it. It took them like an hour to do that last episode, and they think they could just do a whole movie on a whole season in an hour and a half. It's wild to me, dude. And it's not like this is some unknown thing. This is a beloved fucking cartoon show. That's a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Everyone loves it. Everyone thinks it's great. Yeah. And it's just, it was boring. The pacing was weird. Um, the, it was like a, just a dialogue fest. It was just boring. And the issue with the plot and story, like, you know, it's like, we're here now, we're here now, we're here now. In the cartoon, you understand why they're going and doing all yeah. these things. And this, it was this now, this now, this now, this. And there's no time for character building, which we'll get into later. Yeah. Which makes these impactful moments, like at the Air Temple when he finds out everyone's dead. Yeah. It hits so much less hard when you're just like, I just met this dude. What the fuck does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> Especially for someone if they didn't watch the cartoon. Like me. Yeah. Because I very rarely, like, I'm not, like, super into it. Yeah. Like, in the cartoon, that's a huge moment. You're like, oh, that's fucking sad. Yeah. In this, it's like, okay. Yeah, he did his little screech. Is that when he finds out the air people are dead? I don't even remember. He does. He goes in blue. The show. I just remember in the movie, in, well, in the movie, he was like, <laughs> and then his eyes turned blue. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that. Yeah, and he, oh, you didn't rewatch the movie? Oh, in the movie? Yeah. I watched it. I don't remember that. 
Mm, I don't think you rewatched it. It's okay. I didn't rewatch Dog's Purpose if you didn't rewatch it. I did rewatch it. I watched all of this. I would not be able to, wow. able to remember. I haven't watched it since 2010 when it came out. Visual slash cinematography. I gave it a five. I also gave it a five. I think all the bending looked like shit. <laughs> I'll touch on that. Give, give me the positives because I know you were saying there were some positives. Now, some, the only reason it gets a five, which is good compared to what some of the other visuals looked like. Yeah. Some of the, the settings. So they yeah. go to the northern water tribe. And it's supposed to be this building, you know, this this tribe, this city of ice yeah. and shit like that. And that actually looked really cool. Yeah. Like, props to them. They actually made it look pretty cool. Look like the, you know, look like they did in the cartoon show, which is hard to adapt sometimes, cartoon to live action. Yeah. That looked good. The fire ships, the ships and everything kind of looked cool. Some of the stuff adapting it, it looked all right. My biggest issue is you're making a movie based around the idea of bending elements. Yeah. This needs to be the key thing. Yeah. It looks like shit in this movie. Yeah. Oh, the other thing I liked is like where the fish were. That spiritual area looks pretty cool. Nice adaptation. Yep. Other than that, everything looked like fucking garbage. Um, I gave it, I originally had it a little bit higher. I think I had it like a, a seven or eight. Um, just cause like you said, the sets and I thought they, the soundtrack, even though there wasn't like traditional songs, I thought it was good enough. Yeah. Um, so I was going to give it like an eight, but then that last like fight scene where he's like running through the, the water palace, whatever it's called, it looks so bad. Like it was so obviously him in front of a green screen and he was doing like weird flips. And then like they did a weird thing where they would like, it was like, it was so weird. It's like, so they, you could tell they had a camera on a, a moving thing like left to right. And so like it was following him running through this battle and then like he did like a flip or whatever and they zoomed in on him. Like, it zoomed in, yes. and he, like, <laughs> flung it. it. It looks so unnatural. There were so many, like, weird zoom-ins that look like I'm in a high school class filming something. It's like, all right, now zoom in on his eyes. It, and it looks like I just did it with my thumb on an iPhone camera. Well, it looks like they just watched The Office, and they were trying to capture, like, that same, <laughs> like, authenticity by zooming it. But that's not what this kind of movie... No. You should not be able to notice the camera work in a movie like this. Mm-hmm. And it was so just noticeable and bad. And the, the element, the... The fucking bending and shit was just so funny because, like, when they're at, like, the Earth Village or whatever, they, they were, like, they would, like, do stuff with their hands and then, the, like, nothing would, would... That was my other thing. It's, like, it didn't line up. Yeah, like, they things do... were floating. He was not making them float. Yeah, he would do something with his hands and then the stuff would move. And it just looked so ridiculous. It was, like, so ridiculous. And, like, in the in the cartoon show, like, the different elements and the styles are actually based on different martial arts styles. Mm-hmm. Like, they actually took the time to do this. And it looks like they're controlling it in the cartoon. Like, his hand moves, the element thing moves. Yeah. And this, they were doing stuff, and elements were moving and shit. Yeah. It was not lined up. It, you could tell they were. They filmed it, and then they added it, it later. Yeah. It, it, was, it was fucking bad. And then another scene that I wrote down is uh, when they were on the ship, and they gave him that little test. And then Zuko's like, you can't leave this warship. And then Aang just, like, jumps <laughs> like he like jumped and did a flip over their head and like it looked so fake and then they were just like sitting there like watching him jump over his head and just like let him run down the hallway i was like what the fuck is this like <laughs> i don't know it I, looks bad i think the final fight with zuko too where they're in like that building like the circle thing yeah. almost like the storage room there's so many of those shots where it's just like let's watch him do stuff now i'll do stuff yeah and like the choreo the fight choreography was just terrible yeah it felt so fake dude it was like a Pokemon game where you have to like take your turn. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was not good. Um, again, I gave it some love because I think some of the settings looked pretty cool. And I can understand how that would be hard to, you know, this fake world making things look realistic for a live action thing. That's all they got good, though. And even some of those weren't the best. Yeah. But they did all right. What'd you give key elements? 
Five. I gave it a three. I think they did a decent enough job, kind of, you know, this is the world we live in. They can do this. They can do this. You know, there was fighting. You could tell that, you know, there's prison camps. And it's just this, again, we'll get to it in characters. The biggest thing with Avatar is characters. You enjoy those character interactions. You enjoy the emotional weight of Aang and the, the Avatar stuff. Yeah. And Katara and um, her fucking brother. I can't think of his name right now. I don't fucking remember. I was bored out of my mind. <sighs> Sokka. And they're just, there's just no character moments that you care about. Yeah. Um. Again, I gave it some credit because you're having to build this world. And I think with the settings and with the different things they did, a decent enough job. But even then, I feel like five might be too high. Yeah. I mean, I gave it a three. And like I said, I didn't follow the show as much as everyone else, as you and Riley and whatnot. But I'm going to be honest. I didn't even realize, like, I know you said it opened with saying, like, book one water. I must have just missed that. I didn't even realize this was just supposed to be, like, the first season. Yeah. Like, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. And I was like, I recognize some moments, like, when he screeched and his eyes turned blue and he went and talked to, like, the fucking monks or whatever he was doing. Those like, look, that looked awful, too. Like, oh, when yeah. he went to the spirit world, that looked so fucking it, shitty. Yeah, it looked really bad. Um, Like... I remember some of that stuff, but everything else, like, it was just so unrecognizable. It, everything just felt forced, and it just didn't feel like a good adaptation. It, it just, even as someone who doesn't really like the adaptation that much, like, it just wasn't, it just, I don't know. I think it's that's so hard the, to explain. That's the problem, is you're someone who doesn't even, like, the source is whatever to you, and yeah. you still didn't like it. Yeah. For someone who really enjoys the source material and has watched it, it's fucking disrespectful. <laughs> it's awful. It's so bad. I'm surprised you gave it a five. I mean, yeah. Um, Characters, Jason. I gave this a four. I gave it the onest one of all time. Um, The only reason I gave it a four, and I'll just start with the positive. Uh, And you might disagree. You watched the show more than I did. And if you do, that's fine. I thought the kid who played, if he is a kid, who played Aang was good enough. And that was it. I didn't. I didn't. He did whatever. He was there. Like, he, he looked – I think I gave them pity points because it looked like Aang. And I was like, okay, they made a good casting. Like, that looked like Aang, and he was fine. And that was it. He looked like Aang. However, in the cartoon, he's, he's a fucking 12-year-old who has fun and fucks around and is laughing, and they have good times together. And there's just no character building. These characters are just so dull and bland, and they have the same name as the characters from the source material. But they aren't the same characters. Yeah. They're fucking terrible. And obviously, there's serious moments in the cartoon and stuff. Yeah. But a lot of it is them having fun together and shit, too, and laughing and messing with each other. Especially with Sokka. Sokka's hilarious. He's fucking... That's one of the most entertaining parts of the cartoon. Mm-hmm. He's nothing in this. <laughs> He's fucking yeah. so boring and just uh, grumpy. and <laughs> It's just not good. Katara is nothing. See, you know? And, and it's just... Zuko is supposed to be intimidating and fucking cool-looking, and he's not. No, he's not. At all. <laughs> no. Like, even a little bit. He yeah. just sounds like a grumpy, pissed-off kid. Yeah. And in the show, like, he's a teenager, but he's supposed to be, like, almost an adult. And, like, the way he looks and everything, he's intimidating. And he's not in this at all. Yeah. Um, Iroh, the uncle, was okay. I think they did a decent enough job with casting and how he played him. Other than that, I hated everyone. More than you hate Artemis Fowl? Well, I hated Artemis Fowl with, like, a dying passion. <laughs> this was more of a, I know what could have been. And you did a terrible job. Uh, just to clarify, you didn't hate Artemis Fowl, the movie, with a dying passion. You might have hated the movie. You hate Artemis Fowl, the character, mm, yes. with a dying passion. Yes. 
Very much. We so. should have made a bet where loser had to dress up like Artemis Fowl for Halloween. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I'm not um, doing that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think they were just banking on ultimately like, hey, these guys have seen this show. Like people who watch this movie have seen the show and they know what the characters are about. So we don't really need to do all that because they already know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And Which that just is, didn't work. No, it was terrible. It just didn't work. Netflix show. They got to do it that way. And to be in their credit, you know, in their defense. That didn't exist back then. You couldn't make, you know, and it's still, they don't do it that often. Series of Unfortunate Events is the prime example. I don't know if I'm just missing. Is there any other examples like that of, like, re- readaptations of either books or movies or shows that they're spacing out like that? Like, I mean, I guess we're seeing it with Marvel a little bit, how they're pretty much doing, like, a mega movie, but that's different. It's not a readaptation. I'm saying that word really weird. <laughs> um I don't know. They have potential for that to hopefully like carve a new niche. And maybe they do that with more animated shows, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's, and, and I get it's a Nickelodeon film. So you're kind of basing it for kids, but they always could have made it longer. Yeah. And I get, you know, you don't want to do that depending on what your, who your audience is that you're making this for. Yeah. But sometimes you've got to fucking push it to make a decent movie to watch. Yeah. Because this is not a decent movie to watch. Very boring. $150 million budget. That's not a little budget. And Those visual effects need to be a lot fucking better. Enjoyment. I gave it a three. I also gave it a three. It wasn't fucking awful, and I'm going to be honest, it's probably because I like the cartoon so much that I'm like, hey, this is all right looking at it on live action and seeing the stuff in live action. Other than that, I don't really know what it did to make me enjoy it, but it wasn't <laughs> Artemis Fowl levels of awful. Um, I made it a three, not because I enjoyed it, um, at all. I just, I do think a, I could be more bored. You know, I've been more bored in a movie. I had to watch some dumb film movies in a film class and those movies were (laughs) fucking boring. Uh, and B, it could have been worse. Like it was bad, especially considering this, but if you just take away the source material, like you can make a worse movie. You That's kind of I mean? where I was too. Like there's movies that I liked watching less than this. Yeah. Do I think this film overall might be worse than those? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But just watching it, I've enjoyed stuff less than this. Yeah. That's kind of where it got its points from, I guess. So three, which is in my absolutely hated it, bored, confused, unappealing. <laughs> yeah. It's a, we'll never watch again. Brutally boring. Um, I want to get into Borat and talk about a movie that was actually good. Uh, I gave it an 18 out of 100. <sighs> I'm right there with you. I gave it a 17. Is that the lowest ever now? Because I think I gave Fantastic Four an 18, and you might have gave it a little bit higher. Uh, f- you gave it an 18? Yeah. This? Yeah. It's exactly the same as Fantastic Four. I gave Fantastic Four an 18. You gave it a 17. So we just flipped. Gun to my head? I think I'd rather watch this. It's close. They're both fucking two of the worst movies I've ever seen. I wasn't as bored with Fantastic Four. I will say that much. I think my enjoyment for Fantastic Four was like a four. I think I might have been a little bit more bored with Fantastic Four. That movie sucked too. They both look awful. They both have terrible stories and are very not good movies to watch. Bad characters. Awful fucking characters. Fantastic Four had such a good cast too. And it's funny because they're awful characters where they have the blueprint on what to do with these characters that are loved from other things. Yeah. Yeah. And they just shit the bed. Was M. Night Shyamalan involved in in the Fantastic (laughs) Four movie? Who directed that? This is off topic, but... I feel like I know who it is once you're going to say it, but I can't. Josh Trank, or is that the other one? That might be the other one. 2015. No, no, Josh Trank. No, I don't know. What a dumb name. (laughs) He gets a 17.5 out of 100 collectively. It is tied at 33rd 
for our worst movie we've ever reviewed. Let's see if Borat gets a better score than that, Jay. Uh, it got a better score than that on just one category. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I would agree with that. I got a couple of those. Uh, a couple? Wow. Uh, All right, Borat, the story of Sasha Baron Cohen. Hey, excuse me. Oh, sorry. Borat, subsequent movie film. Borat, subsequent movie film. Uh, this is my own synopsis. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen dresses up as this guy named Borat who's from Kazakhstan, and he wants to... Kazakhstan. And he wants to gift uh, Michael Pence... He is given an order, and all this part of it's fictional, given an order to give a gift to Michael Pence or someone close to Donald Trump to make um, pretty much the owner, not the owner, but his boss or whatever in Kazakhstan, whatever. President. Okay, yeah, the president. Um, put him on good terms with Donald Trump. And so he goes, and he originally is going to deliver a monkey to Mike Pence, and then uh, the monkey dies, um, eats itself. And but his daughter comes, so then he's going to gift his daughter to Mike Pence. Mike Pence does not take the daughter, and eventually they give it, try to give her to Rudy Giuliani, which was yes. the infamous scene that came out that was all over the news before the movie came out. I just want to clarify: the daughter ate the monkey. <clears throat> oh, it did. She did. Yeah, she did have blood on her face. I guess I probably could have realized that. She admitted it later in the film. Oh, did she? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that part was fictional. I didn't really care about all that. <laughs> uh, plot slash story tie. Uh, the actual synopsis is just follow-up with the 2006 comedy centering on the real-life adventures of a fictional television journalist named Borat. Thank you. Yours was much better. Thank you. I kind of gave away part of the movie, but... <laughs> I mean, if they're listening to the fucking spoiler review, they've yeah. seen the movie. Plot slash story, I give it a 15. 14. One apart. Um, so I thought... I haven't seen the first Borat. Hand up. And the first Me either. Borat was made to kind of like be satirical on uh, United States. So this was more on the same thing. Um, it was different. Uh, obviously you have the live action stuff, not live action, but like the real shit where they're going into stores and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And you assume that's not scripted. Um, there's certain people like they had that grandma who's come out that you were saying like she wasn't, she was in the movie and she was told it was a documentary about something else. And it wasn't. So she was obviously aware she was getting filming. I'm sure they said that to like all the shop owners and stuff like, Hey, we're filming a documentary. Can we record? They probably lied about what it is. Though. Yeah. Um, and there's obviously the fictional stuff with the real stuff and it kind of blends and it's definitely unique. Um, but I, I can't justify giving it much higher. I'm okay with the 15, but I can't justify putting it in that 16 to 20 range. Cause that really like showcases like a really well-written, like, you know, this wasn't really written like they writ they wrote the transitions almost, but it's almost kind of like they had the framework and then it was kind of like, let the craziness dictate what happens and they put it together nicely, but I don't want to give them too much credit for kind of, you know, for that. So that's why I gave it a 14. I, I was along the same lines where I didn't, I feel like this is the highest as it could get for yeah. this type of movie. Um, I think they rolled with the punches really nicely. Whereas yeah. I'm assuming COVID wasn't in the United States when they started filming this. It came up later, but yeah. It came up later, but I'm assuming it was a, this kind of dampened our plans of what the fuck we're going to do. Yeah. Let's make it a key part of the story. Yeah. And it worked very nicely. Yeah. I was fine with it. I never was confused as to why they were doing anything in the movie. A lot of it was, hey, we're doing this. We're getting her ready. Like, it, it, I understood every scene. It wasn't like a, ha ha, let's go here just to be funny. Yeah. So the story and everything, I was fine with it. It was easy to follow. And it very it did exactly what it needed to do for this kind of movie. Yeah, absolutely, Ty. I didn't think about that COVID aspect, how much they had to adjust, prob probably, because that probably wasn't their planned ending. I mean, I'm, I think they knew they weren't going to get to Mike fucking Pence. 
Yeah, but I'm sure they had a different ending in sight, and I'm sure COVID kind of threw up. that up. Yeah, and, and and they rolled with it, and they added probably that entire part where he stayed with the two fucking dudes. <laughs> yeah, and it just worked. Which I looked up, or Riley looked up, he did actually stay with those guys for five days. It's fantastic. I didn't know if that was real or not. I was like, no way are these guys real. <laughs> I thought that was fucking scripted. I thought that part was, too. I'm very glad to find out it was It was real. That's crazy. What did he tell them? How does he convince someone to let him live with him for five days in character as fucking Borat? I have no fucking clue. And how does he tell them his name's Borat, and they don't like look up Borat and be like, this is fucking <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen? And all they do is spend their time on the fucking internet looking at conspiracy theories, too. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, visuals slash cinematography. Uh, this is definitely the score that hurts it the most. I gave it a 12 because I, I kind of went off your method. Yeah. It was exactly what it needed to be for this kind of movie. I gave it an 11. Oh, Jay, you didn't like something. Yeah, the last scene when they were uh, in the – there was like that American bull parade or whatever it was. Uh, they were saying goodbye like they were there, and it was very obviously fake. When they're saying goodbye, and it was very much like shot on a news camera, and then they panned out, and there was no news camera in front of them. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, because they panned out like to above, and they're waving to the yeah. sky, and it's just crowd right there. So it's like, how the fuck were they shooting the news thing? <laughs> I think it was intentionally looked bad, but it, it the stuff that they had to do for like the just stuff like that, like it didn't look great. So I just gave it minus one. That's fine. I think the scene where he's like in the office it was way too fucking dark. Which... It was intentionally meant to be like that. Refresh my memory. Where he goes to his boss afterwards, and he's like, oh, we're not going to kill you. Oh, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. find out it's he spread COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was way too dark to see. Like, I understand that was their goal, but it was a little too much. Fair. Um, but I think a lot of this stuff, it's kind of hard with the kind of thing they're doing. Yeah. I thought all of it looked exactly fine for this kind of film. Yeah, that's fair. So I, I, I like the 12 kind of being nothing bad. Key elements. 19. <laughs> 19. <laughs> Uh, this movie was very funny. Um, just the I've said before, I kind of like the whole satirical humor based on what's going on in the United States and kind of like that deeper comedy. And this is almost like that deeper comedy just right in your face where you don't have to think about it. Yep. Um, he pretty much is a, a a supporter of one candidate the entire time and is like staying with them and like is very obviously making fun of the way that certain people think. And um it's just great, man. It's fucking hilarious. And he makes fun of... He's Jewish, but he makes fun of, like, you know, Jewish people. And he walks into the fucking... It's so racist. It's so synagogue bad. synagogue with the giant nose and, like, the little devil on his shoulder and the money bag and shit. And, like, actual Holocaust survivors. That's <laughs> <laughs> so fucking terrible. I don't feel bad about laughing, though, because that was his intent. He was trying to make people laugh. And he is Jewish, so that makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, the dude's fucking hilarious. And it's really funny, like, him outside of these kind of his like hilarious movies because he's a very well-spoken like yeah. englishman and he's actually very very fucking smart yeah <laughs> and it's just so funny seeing him do dumb shit like this i i think that was the hardest i laughed is when he walked into the synagogue with that outfit <laughs> i, I kind of lost my shit and it well the whole thing because uh kagistan or whatever uh views the i'm sure this probably is true too if he's talking about it views like the holocaust is a good thing and still hates jews and the whole thing was the girl, the daughter finds out the book is fake or whatever, and that the and so he thinks the Holocaust isn't real. Yeah. So he's all sad about the Holocaust not being real, and then goes to the synagogue and gets convinced that the Holocaust was real, and then is all happy and stuff. Like <laughs> he's telling her like you just made my day, uh, the greatest thing in our history is true. Like all this shit, it's just so stupid and funny. I also lost it when he was like, I was very sad, so I wanted to kill myself. So I went to a church to wait for the next mass oh, shooting. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh fuck. 
walks into the political rally in a KKK outfit. And like, I thought that was funny too because he walks in and people were turning their heads, but like no one stopped him wearing a fucking KKK. At least they didn't show rope. it. And then he puts on you know the Trump outfit and is carrying his daughter, and that's when he gets escorted out. To be fair though, he did. God damn it, um, he did. He was yelling at Mike Pence. And, like, offering his daughter. Mike Pence just staring at him. This shit was so funny. <laughs> I don't know how that doesn't make the news. Well, I looked. Riley looked it up when he did that um, that song at, like, that rally. Yeah. That was covered in the news. Was it? Yeah. What did they say? Like, Borat star? Um, I'll look it up right now. But it was, like, Sasha Barrett Cohen crashes uh, festival or oh whatever. Oh, my God. Trump. Because, obviously, that was a huge thing with Mike Pence. And, like, I don't remember hearing anything about that. Yeah. And, like, the one guy behind him punches him, and, like, you could, he almost, like, broke character. He was like, don't fucking punch me, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, June 28th, Variety.com, Sasha Barrett Cohen pranks conservative rally into singing racist lyrics. Oh, my God. Oh, so that actually took place after. This was written in June 28th, 2020. Okay. Because that was after, because the, the Rudy Giuliani thing was June 27th. I know that because it was my birthday and I was laughing. Oh, they showed that? Yeah, they said, oh, June 27th, the, she's going to be... Oh, no, it was June 27th, she was going to be at that rally thing. They probably reported on it the day after. Yeah, because yeah, this tweet on June 27th, holy shit, Sasha Barrett Cohen infiltrated the Washington 3% local right-wing militia event in Olympia a few minutes ago. A, a last-minute big donor paid to sponsor the event and hire security, and then that security kept the organizers from getting on stage to stop Cohen. That's fucking great. That is fucking funny. Fucking, I don't know how he does this shit, dude. I don't know how they didn't break character. Because, like, when they're sitting there and they go to, like, the anti-abortion clinic or whatever, he's like, I put a baby inside my daughter. He's just like, <laughs> well, you know, all that matters is we're here now. <laughs> just, I was losing my fucking mind. That, that shit was funny, too, yeah. And he, they're making it, yeah, that he, I don't know, yeah, how he doesn't break character in that. And then, like, the shit where they're doing plastic surgery or whatever, and she was like, would you have sex with me? <laughs> he was like... If your dad wasn't here, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? He pays the girl in like all $1 bills. <laughs> and then the haircut thing. Do you think that was a oh, Wooten's barbershop? Wooten's barbershop. I love that. Uh, do you think he really cut people's hair? I don't know. Because they made it seem like he was actually cutting some guy's hair. I don't know. He just had those big ass scissors. And he just cut and show him. He's like, yep, that's fine. <laughs> and then he would stuff it in his pocket. Every time he took the hair, he'd stuff it in his fucking pocket. Just fucking, it's hilarious. How do you not break character doing that? It's like SNL on fucking steroids, dude. Oh it's like you God. just cannot fucking break character uh, at any point throughout I'm this. I'm sure he's probably broken character and obviously. But you don't some of those it, hilarious but... fucking moments that they got, like he obviously can't break character or the people would know that he's fucking with them. <laughs> it's fantastic. Oh my God. Fucking funny movie. 19. It was funny and also definitely is. It's a movie made just like the first one to kind of. Shit on America a little bit. Aggressively um, shit on Trump supporters in this one. Yeah. Like, he's staying with those two, and he's like, luckily, I'm with America's greatest scientists. <laughs> it's just the two fucking guys talking about conspiracy theories. <laughs> I'm not saying I agree with what they're saying. I'm saying that's just what they were trying to do. That's why I gave it a high score. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, it's, it nails exactly what its key elements are trying to be. It nails it. Characters. I gave it a 15. I was going to give it a 15. I put 15, 
and then I thought of the aspect of the acting and not breaking character, and I gave it a 17, because it's so yeah. hard to put on this kind of fucking performance, where yeah. you're out in public and doing these absurd fucking things, and having to keep it straight-faced real the entire fucking time. That's fair. Yeah. It's gotta be, it's so hard. Where anything else, you can fuck up a scene and it's just cut. Yeah. But you're interacting with real people, and some of these things, you only have one fucking shot. Yeah. Like the Rudy Giuliani thing. They got one fucking shot. They're yeah. not getting him back in. He has to run in in the fucking lingerie and say my back, <laughs> and say my back pussy very tight. <laughs> and he can't laugh, and he's got to be dead-faced the entire time. Oh, my God. As absurd as it is, that is so fucking hard to do. Yeah, man. I, I, I agree. I just, I don't know. There's pretty much only two characters in this movie. I think that's why I gave it a 15. I love Borat, though. And like you said, not breaking character must be fucking hard. And the uh, daughter, too. Like, she's sitting through all of this. I think she did very good. It was very entertaining. Yeah. And, like, the stuff where it's just her still works, and it's still really funny. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I didn't give it. I always usually think, like, 16 and up is, like, really, really, really good. I'm going to bump it up to a 16. <laughs> That's why I'm like, I was going to give it a 15, because, like, it's, they're absurd characters. They're not believable. But the acting involved with it and how they get all this shit is yeah. fucking fantastic. <sighs> I'm laughing just thinking about it. Enjoyment. I gave this 16 in enjoyment. I have it at a 16 as well. And I think I'll leave it there. Because 17 is a fucking one of my favorite type movie bracket. Yeah. It's fantastic. I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. Because it's not going to age very well. This stuff's already so played out with this politics and Trump. Yeah. And I don't rewatch. I'm sure it's still very fucking funny. But... Yeah. And I think that's what knocked it down a little bit for me. I think it would have been a 17. But... Um, I told you before, like, I'm just kind of sick of this political season and just hearing everything and like, it's funny and maybe this will be funnier to watch in like two years when not, this stuff isn't as relevant in our face. But I like, it's like the last thing I want is more political stuff thrown in my face. You know, granted this is different. It's funny and whatnot. It's not, you know, people arguing on a stage or whatnot, but that's ultimately held it back a little bit. I do want to watch the first Borat though. Yeah. I'm sure the first ones I haven't seen. It. I've seen clips from it, but I've never actually watched it. I think I'm going to watch it after this because this was funny. It was fucking funny. It made me laugh the entire time. Sasha Baron Cohen, man. He's fucking good because he, he was, uh, what's his name, right? The race car driver yes. in Talladega Nights. He's a great actor. And like I said, he's really fucking smart. He had like a talk show in England. He did more hidden camera, fake character stuff. I know he's been other fake characters. Yeah. Yeah. He's just really, he's a very fucking smart dude. Like <laughs> Bruno. Yeah. In, is that also like a live action or is that fake? I don't know. Brunette, flamboyant and gay Austrian Bruno looks for new fame in America. I think he did The Dictator. Oh, I remember that movie. The Dictator, Ty. He was in Alice Through the Looking Glass. Uh, Anchorman 2. Oh, yeah, BBC News Anchor. I think he was in the final fight scene. Yeah, he was. Oh, uh, yeah, he was in The Dictator. Um, I mean, Bor Borat's his biggest thing, easily. Yeah. Fuck, man. It's so good. Taldega Knights, obviously. He does, yeah. I think Bruno's also hitting camera. I know he does, like, other characters, too, he's, he, like, because he has, like, a show. Like, you were saying a sit-down show, but I know, like, he's had, like, skit shows or whatever. Um, yeah. Man, dude. I need to watch more of uh, Sasha Barrett Cohen. It's like you said, to not break character in those situations, I don't know how. I would have lost my shit. <laughs> I'm just completely gone. I don't know how, man. Like, those things where he's sitting down, that anti-abortion one, I was, I was, like, almost in tears. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so obviously like the daughter eats the baby. He's like, I put the daughter in my baby. He's like, I just want to make her happy. It's our secret. We did it behind a dumpster. <laughs> and the dude's just like, right, right. 
Or even just the dumb little parts when he's like convincing the guys that he sees coronavirus on the pole and he's smacking it with a frying pan. He's like, smack, spray, smack, spray. <laughs> oh my God. It's just so absurd, but so fucking funny. I gave it a seven. <laughs> the fucking facts. <laughs> he's like, I want to send facts. He's like, what do you want to say? He's like, sup. <laughs> It's just so fucking stupid. <laughs> he goes and fucking beats off in the bathroom and has it on the TV yeah. still. Yeah. <laughs> the guy's just standing there all fucking awkward. Oh, man. So much of this is so fucking good. I gave it a 76 out of 100. My final score uh, was a 79 out of 100. 77 and a half. <sighs> I gave it a 79. God damn it. 79 you gave it what'd you say 76 76 77 and a half yes let's rank this shit jay borat subsequent film movie movie film movie film uh is 17 out of 34 35 films um it's got the same score as prisoners (laughs) okay rise of skywalker which is another early review that is way too high okay i stand by uh, better than the devil all the time. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Better, better than King of Staten Island. Definitely. Uh, Project Power. Definitely. Worse than Hustlers, Enola Holmes, Good Boys, Uncut Gems. Yeah, probably. I feel like this is appropriately rated. Um, Let's see here. Oh, you already have it sorted. I wanted to look at Rise of Skywalker. I gave it a 79. Maybe I overrated it. I don't know. You gave it a 76, and I know I overrated it. <laughs> Hustlers, I only gave a 72. You gave it 84. Um, I wanted to talk about movies we could watch moving forward. I think there's movie a movie coming out soon that I just saw. There is a movie I want to watch, but it's kind of old news now. It's like a month old, and I missed it. Like I saw the previews for it, and I just missed that it came out. That one Bill Murray movie on A24. It's on Apple Plus. It's Bill oh, Murray fuck. and Rashida Jones. I don't have Apple Plus. Riley does. It's the only thing I don't have. Riley has every streaming movie known to man. That's good. Okay. Um, On the Rocks. It is a rom-com, I believe. On the Rocks, starring Bill Murray, Bill Murray, Bill Murray Rashida Jones. Um, the story of a young mother who reconnects with her larger-than-life playboy father. Well, maybe not a rom-com then. <laughs> On an adventure through <laughs> New York. In this comedy about aging, marriage, and the tenuous bond between parents and grown children... New York author and married mother of two, Laura, has become suspicious that her career-driven husband may be having an affair with a co-worker, a speculation encouraged by her caddish Bon Vivant, Bon Vivant farther. I don't know. It's A24. A24 makes good movies. Yeah. They made Uncut Gems. There's also a musical coming out. Riley told me about it, and I said, Tyler's going to like that. It's a musical. <laughs> what is it? I have no idea. Mu- it's coming out soon, dude. It's not the, the. Uh, it's not in the heights. Yeah. No, it's not that. Oh my gosh, Riley! <laughs> I, dude, I don't on. know any of these fucking movies coming out. Oh, she heard us. The prom. Is what it's called. Okay. How did she hear us? To support a high school girl who wants to bring her girlfriend to the prom, a group of self-obsessed theater stars go to a small conservative India town. Indiana town, not Indian. <laughs> A very it's different got, movie there. Uh, Joe Ellen Pellman. Don't know who that is. Uh, it's got Meryl Streep, Nicole Kidman. Um, okay. It comes out this December like, 11th. This feels like a like a musical I may not like. 
Meryl Streep, James Corden, Nicole Kidman, Keegan Michael Key. Not a huge fan of any of them. Oh, Keegan Michael Key? Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> uh, the premise: Dee Dee Allen, Meryl Streep, and Barry Glickman, James Corden, are New York City stage stars with a crisis on their hands. Their expensive new Broadway show is a major flop that suddenly flatlined their careers. Meanwhile, in, a, in small town Indiana, high school student Emma Nolan is experiencing a very different kind of heartbreak. Despite the support of her high school principal, Keegan Michael Key, Mrs. Green, and the head of the PTA. Oh, despite the support of them, the head of the PTA. Why does the PTA get that much power? Has banned her from attending the prom with her girlfriend, Alyssa. When Dee Dee and Barry decide that Emma's predicament is the perfect cause to help resurrect their public images, they hit the road with Angie Dixon, Nicole Kidman, and Trent Oliver, Andrew Reynolds, another pair of cynical actors looking for a professional lift. But when their self-absorbed celebrity activism unexpectedly backfires, the foursome find their own lives upended as they rally to give Emma a night where she can truly celebrate who she is. It's beautiful. Comes out on Netflix. December 11th. So it's not for a while. Ah, fuck. So what was the one that already came out? The Rashida Jones one? Bill Murray? On the rocks. We'll do that next week. Okay. It's already out, right? Yeah. Came out like a month ago. Um, On the rocks will be our review next week. Other than that, dude, I we'll have to fucking look and plan it out. Yeah. There might be some throwback reviews coming up. Well, I was looking at the drive-in schedule because I wanted to see if On the Rocks was on at the drive-in. And I thought I saw a movie that's coming out soon. On the Rocks, 86% of Rotten Tomatoes. Seems like a pretty good movie. That's what I'm saying. It's got good reviews. Oh, we could review The War with Grandpa. <laughs> coming soon. The Empty Man. Come play. Spell. Let him go. No time to die. Let's Free do Come guy. Play. Let's do come play, Jay. That looks scary. Yeah. Uh, free guy, December 11th, but that might that's, be a... Again, that's December. Soul. Soul. That's also in December. That's why I'm like, the Croods. <laughs> I'm not watching the fucking Croods. Morbius. Uh, well, these are all movies that we don't know when they're going to come out because it'll just keep getting pushed back, unfortunately. And I, I don't see Freaky, which is like Freaky Friday, but... That's oh, that's Vince the Vince Vaughn. Vaughn one, yeah. Comes out November 13th. We're coming up on that. So that's probably two weeks from now. So we'll probably do that one. Um, I don't know. We'll figure it out. This week, we'll do On the Rocks. Yeah. We'll plan ahead. We'll have a schedule ready. Yep. But this week, it's On the Rocks. Bill Murray. Got it, Time. Maybe we rank. We do a rock draft. I like that. I mean, one, one, one is very obvious. I don't know who's getting number two, though. I like that. I like that a lot. A rock draft. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of rocks. There's only one of the rock, though. I could pre... Yeah, well, there, there's a lot of rocks. I almost, I almost don't want the first pick in this draft. <laughs> because everyone knows what it is. You gotta get creative with the second pick. Yeah. On the rocks, we're doing a rock draft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like these random drafts. It's very funny. If we have more time to prepare, I bet it's even funnier. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're doing next week. You got anything else, Jay? I do not. In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.